Back on it. We on? Okay. We're on. We're on. There we go. No Don't mistakes. drop the F-bomb out the gate. Yeah, no crap. F-bombs today. No F-bombs today. Uh, the old Celtics won last night, right? Yeah, yeah. We're 2-1. 2-1. Well, I watched like the first half. They were, we were doing pretty well in the first half. Ball. I didn't know if they kind of made a comeback. Uh, I mean, I would say like maybe like third quarter, but like still like I feel like we had a pretty good lead the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. I could be there. The yeah, they right from the get go controlled the game. I think like first quarter we were already up like ten or twelve points, maybe. Yeah, close to fifteen points. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of weird. I guess I mean the last game. Last game they, they ran it. away. They ran away. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's crazy. Um, because the first game we barely won. I mean, we barely won the first game. Yeah, and they came out the second game. They crushed came second Celtics. Game, they came out crushing us, and then this game we came out crushing them. So it's it's gonna go seven, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it probably sure. will. I mean, it probably go back and forth. They'll go back and forth, games. and then seventh game. I don't know home court or home court advantage or not, but it's gonna be a good one. I usually about August start getting football fever. Um, August, it hadn't quite because I hadn't really talked about football too much here lately. But around August, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm tired of the heat. I'm tired uh-huh. of being hot all the time. I'm like looking forward to like some cooler weather, some football. Is stuff. August like preseason? Do they do preseason games in August, or is it more towards like? Uh, no, I almost say they do preseason in August because August. usually college starts either late August, or early September. And then NFL usually starts like a, like two weeks maybe after weeks college after okay. something like that. So they usually start in mid September, I want to say. Um, so we got a little bit longer and whatnot. But anyways, uh, Cooper Cup got paid hundred hundred plus million dollars. Well, I saw something that was like a three year. Was it only like a three year three year deal? deal for like a hundred and ten? Hundred and ten? Jesus Christ! Oh. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Did he get MVP? Uh, I think it was off. Offensive MVP. Last year? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I want to say he got MVP. I could be Something wrong. Something like that. He may. He may have. But did Rodgers get MVP? Um, I thought Rodgers won MVP. But I, I think he just won like the receiving. Like he had the receiving like yard record. Receiving. This, this, he had over two thousand. He had yeah. like, over two thousand yards this past. Um, he he definitely was the best receiver stats wise last year. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're not boring you guys too much with sports talk here. <laughs> we make a whole sports. And moving on. Sports radio <laughs> talk here. Uh, so. What's the topic of conversation here, Kale? Uh, so today we will be talking about movement quality. Movement quality. Movement quality, yeah. Um, and so that's going to be kind of a fun one, I feel like. I feel like it's going to be a good one. Well, we've talked about this a few times, especially the last like, couple of weeks, about you know movement quality versus speed and uh-huh. things like that. I know maybe we've talked about this a little bit before in the past on like different versions of the podcast like that, but we actually want to dedicate like that being like the sole purpose of the subject podcast, right? of the podcast is kind of like movement quality and kind of what our ideas are behind that, so to speak, because I mean, I'm sure we've all, we've both been guilty of it, right? Like where you get so wrapped up into, you know, either beating your old score in a particular workout or getting a certain time on a workout or maybe beating somebody in a particular workout. And you know, in the back of your head, you're, you're cutting some corners mm-hmm. uh, to you know Get accomplish that. Yeah, accomplish that, so to speak. Um, and you might even meet the like the standards, right? Where okay, like for instance, to say like maybe that looks like a rep. Yeah, like let's say maybe I'm doing front squats, right? And technically, maybe I'm getting depth, and technically, I may be standing all the way up, but my knees are diving in, mm-hmm. my chest is kind of falling forward in my squat because I'm trying to etch out these last few reps to, you know, like I said, be the beat my time or beat someone else's time or whatever it may be. Uh, and you get so wrapped up into that, that, that nuance of the score, mm-hmm. okay, the leaderboard of it. And in doing so, your movement quality can decrease because of that, right? And uh, I guess really the main 
principle of the podcast is is more like you know where is that line at of you know because we talked about this before of like is a leaderboard a good or a bad thing so to speak and like where's that line of you know we focus on so much of every rep being completely perfect that your intensity drops off tremendously yeah but also that you're your intensity is so high that you're spilling over in your movement quality, you know, like where is that balance at? And that's always maybe a, a type of conversation that, you know, I don't know ever be completely settled, but maybe give a little more context to the conversation and what our feelings are. A little bit more of an idea, right? Of kind of what we're looking more to accomplish, so to speak. Uh, so I don't know like what your take is on it. I don't know if you want to kind of go first on this. Uh, I mean, I, like I said, like I've definitely been like, like, Myself personally, like I have been the guy that's kind of like thrown form out the window before to get the better time for mm-hmm. So I know both sides of the road, um, but um, I definitely know like probably like the last like probably like two ish years or so, um, I've kind of been leaning more towards like movement quality, mm-hmm. uh, especially coaching wise too. Um, is makes me feel a little bit better just kind of knowing that I would rather you move very well. Okay, maybe you have not the best score, maybe you don't beat the person you're normally looking to get at. Um, but you can come back tomorrow, okay, and you're not aching, okay, and you're not bruised up, you're not banged up. Um, you still, you might be a little sore, okay, because you did the pretty much all the movement standards, like how they were supposed to be. Um, but, okay, you're not going to be banged up, your knees aren't going to be hurting the next day. Um, and that's kind of like my thing is like, I would rather you come today, work out, make sure your form's in check. That way you can come back the next day and not feel like you're just banged up and bruised up and beat yeah. up. Um, that's kind of my deal. Um, so that's my whole take on it. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Like I said before, like I definitely can see like you might get caught up here and there like in racing that person that you want to beat or getting the time that you want to get. Um, but I do think that taking a little step back sometimes is probably a little bit better for mm. you. Um, and maybe, maybe that's something that you should think about maybe doing like three times out of the week and having two days where you kind of rock and roll. Um, but I do think that's like a huge part that we probably need to probably do a little bit better job of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. Well, I think you kind of, to a degree, you kind of touched on it just, so I think maybe the, the, the first question that you'd have to ask yourself would be like, what is your number one reason and goal? Mm-hmm. You know, um, like what's your goal for coming to a degree? Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's kind of like, it's a, it, like what's your overall goal, but also what keeps you motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some people, the competitive aspect is what keeps them motivated, right? Like, like they, that's what keeps them coming. They like they like that aspect. That's fun for them. Um, that's what drives them into the gym. Is that little bit of that that competitive aspect to to a degree where it's like, okay, well, you know, just tell me what the standards are, like, and you know, if my form breaks down, so so be it. But I want to have the best score that I possibly can, right? And you know. I like to be competitive in my times and, you know, beating X amount of people or, or being in certain place on the leaderboard. And, you know, to a degree, it's like, you know, who am I to, you know, to tell you any different, you know, where that's what's your driving force to come in the gym every single day. That's what motivates you. You know, there is a, a little bit of like, okay, you could maybe let yourself get away with a few things to accomplish those things, right? To meet the standards, maybe. Um, the other side of that argument is if you got better position, you got better form and better movement quality, that would then, in essence, maybe help out your times. Yeah. Uh, but for majority of people, I would say that's not their number one objective. 
like great if I have a great time and I, and I beat some people in the process, that's fun. That's cool. But also I don't want to be banged up and hurt, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, put so much pressure on myself in getting a certain time and things like that. There's more just like, Hey, I want to come in here. I want to break a sweat. I want to, you know, work out with an intensity, but also want to do this for longevity purposes. Why is like, I came in here to want to look better and feel better, so to speak, and not necessarily to be banged up and, and trying to lift maximal lows under bad form to get right. a certain score. Yeah. Right. I think most people fall in that umbrella right there. And so we talked about this before, like, is the clock a good thing or a bad thing? And I think taking away the clock, for instance, brings the intensity down a lot for some people. Mm-hmm. I think because like, okay, now I am under a clock to a degree that allows that intensity to be there compared to if you took it away. So it's not that I'm saying like, we well, you got you, you should get rid of the clock, but it's more of prior, putting more of a priority in your head of, let's say for instance, I'm in, the fourth round of a fifth round workout and I'm doing barbell thrusters and I can feel myself getting extremely fatigued and let's say maybe I have seven reps left of the thrusters and I can feel myself getting more on my toes now, my front rack's starting to fail on me so I'm starting to hit that fatigue factor and I know in my head I could probably etch out these seven reps and grind my way through them. Yeah. But the cost of that is my movement quality is now going to break down. And, you know, you, to a degree, you have to have that checklist or that priority list in your head of when you start to reach that point in the workout is what's more important for me. Is it for me to do these seven reps unbroken and get a better time? Or is it more important to me to, hey, drop the barbell, take a break for a second, get yourself yourself back in check, get your form back in check, and then pick it up and do those uh, last seven reps. I tacked on 15, 20 seconds of my time. Mm Not the end of the world. I'm not going to the CrossFit Games. Did that really make the biggest difference, right? Is next week anybody going to remember my time on the thruster workout? Probably not. Definitely not. Right? But more often than not, we get caught up in doing, you know, getting a certain score, beating somebody that a lot of times that can happen with some people where they say, I'm going to etch those last seven reps because, and I don't care what my form looks like. I'm trying to get the certain time. And when that happens, you know, when you're when you're getting when form breaks down to a to a degree that you're getting sloppy, obviously that's where you're more prone for injury. That's where the bad stuff happens. And that's where all the bad stuff happens, yeah. right? The wheels are starting to fall off, right? And to a degree it's like where where is that intensity line at to where you wanna ride right on that intensity line right before you spill over. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's a hard thing sometimes to comprehend. And us at coaching staff have to help you know, corral. you guys corral that in and rein that in, right? Because sometimes you just don't know what you don't know, right? And sometimes you can get super caught up in that. And us, the coaching staff, have to step in and say, "Dude, you got take a take a break, Calm down take a take up take up the back pedal, back pedal a little bit, and readjust and, and get back to good positions again, right? And if you can start hammering those positions over and over and over and reiterate, I mean, a great prime example of somebody which I know we bring up before in the podcast is like Rich Froney, right? Regardless of how fatigued that guy looks, his form never looks rep any different. One and rep 21 are going to look, the look exactly the same, right? right? Yeah. And you see so many guys where their first couple reps look immaculate, and then as the T starts settle in, they're all over the place with their form, and it looks like shit. Yeah. And that guy never deviates from positions, like you said, from first rep to 21st rep. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. And look at that guy compared to anybody in the sport. 
where when I started doing CrossFit back in 2011, right, that's when he was hitting the peak of the sport. Well, all the guys that were, he was working out with back in 2011 aren't really relevant anymore. No. He's the only one still left, right? And he's still relevant in the sport today, right? And that's 13 years later, yeah. you know? And, and so that's and a key indication right there that if you can have somebody whose movement quality is so high and able to and keep it at such a high intensity, right? That translate over for years decades, and years and years, you know, right? Exactly. Compared to the guys who were so focusing on getting a certain score and certain weights that they did it where they needed to accomplish it, right? Regardless of what the form looked like, that their body started breaking down in the process and they can't do that for a long time. They have to back off. Back off a little bit on to it. To be able to even sustain to get back and rebuild themselves back up to even get back into a relevant state. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, I mean, if you, if you think about taking a step back and let's say it's a barbell workout and you, and you tell yourself today, I'm going to make sure my form is in check from reps one all the way to the mm-hmm. last rep, right? If you do that for weeks on weeks on weeks, I guarantee you three months down the road, if you try to do another workout with front squats in it, and so let's say you've been working on your front squats and mm-hmm. you've really been keeping yourself in check, I would almost guarantee it that if you were to do that three months later, fast forward, your form would look better, even when you're more tired. And you're more okay? efficient. Um, you're probably more efficient, okay? Your times are probably getting better, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think it, it is something to do and something to think about for some people. Um, it's just probably getting that in their head, right? Well, and that's the hard part is, I think so many people look at each, each workout as like, almost like a competition that one particular day. Well, it's like how to find the cheat code, right? It's how to find like the fastest way possible to do it. I feel like everybody's first thought. Well, they they put so much self-focus on like what my score is this one particular session and they're not willing to take a step back for say like a few sessions or a few weeks or a few months and backtrack a little bit because they're so focused on getting a certain score that they can't rein in the ego to do Uh that. You know what I'm saying? So, like you said, if you could say, okay, I need to back off my intensity some on my front squats or the load of my front squats. So or accomplish just, better positioning yeah. to where I keep, I keep the weight distributely throughout my foot. I can save a little more upright torso. I can focus on my front right position. My spine's more neutral. And I can focus on hammering those positions better, more consistently for a few months, even though my scores might not be at the part of that. Could. I know in my, my mind and my heart that I could go faster if I really wanted to. But I'm, but I'm also playing the long game here and seeing the vitamins pay off in the future. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, fast forward a few months, and you're able, like once you have to form the motor control there, your times will probably improve and you'll be more efficient because uh-huh. you did pack track. The only way you can do this, you got to take a step back to do that. Right? It's kind of like if you do like an Olympic lift, like a power clean, and let's say maybe you can power clean 100, 135 pounds, right? And it's sloppy, it's kind of nasty looking. You know, okay, well, for us to improve your, your power clean, we have to improve your form. So we might not lift over anything over 95 pounds for a few weeks or a few months to get your power clean past 135, but that's something we're gonna have to do to do that. Yeah. Right? We have to clean up your form. And so I think some people get wrapped up just in the one individual session and it's slow. Like for me, for instance, like with, I was trying to learn that new clamp on rope climbs probably a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it took me a good probably five to eight workouts with that new clamp to feel fully comfortable with it. And it was one of the hardest things of like having to slow like, down, and like really slow down, let people beat me in workouts, rope mm-hmm. climb workouts. When I'm, I'm bumming with this clamp, can't like, it's, it's frustrating. Right. But I knew the clamp would be beneficial in the long run. Yeah. Right. And after, you know, 
eight to 10 sessions worth of rope climbing now, it paid off in the long run. But if I would have said, you know, screw it, I don't like this clamp, I'll keep fumbling with it, I'm losing time, people are beating me in workouts. I, you know, today I'd be like, man, I wish I was, still I, I want to learn how to do that clamp, but I just can't, I can't let myself get rid of the, the ego and, and, and do that. Right. And, uh, that's just one particular instance, right? Like now there's other situations where, yeah, I could say for myself, like I need to back off here to uh-huh. improve down the road. Right. Like, like for me, like, let's say maybe I want to improve my strict handstand pushups. Like it would probably be better for me to do more seated demo presses in the meantime to help build overhead positioning and strength to get better hands and push us in the future. Yeah. So maybe I backtrack and like don't do those in every workout or I bring down the volume of the workout to improve down the line, so to speak. That's the way to look at it. So, um, and what, and ultimately like I can't tell people like, what is the point of you going 30 seconds faster in a workout if you look like shit doing it? Yeah. Right? Like, like, if anything, I get more, I, I get more impressed by somebody who can have intensity and and move but also move very well through that process i think that's more impressive too. that's way more impressive um, especially like like movement quality like if you walk into a gym and you see like for instance a new girl ballerina she just signed up mm-hmm. um and so we had pushed her i think it was monday right shoulder overheads um and so she was working on the five o'clock class and shawls in the six o'clock class he's sitting down on the bench ready to watch and he's seeing her do push jerks and he's like who is this girl like, like what, like her push jerks just look like awesome. They mm-hmm. look really good, really clean. And I was like, yeah, like, like that, that's what people notice, right? Yeah. You don't notice the person over there in the front winning first place, but looking like crap, right? Yeah. You notice the people that look good. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of a, a good takeaway from that, I guess. But also I think it's like, it's a lot of mindset. Like, so like a lot of people have that competitive just mindset and just driving just grind to one happens right and then it's just blind you see red and you're just going right yep. um and so i think if we can get that in people's head to just not see red and just maybe take a breath okay and breathe a little bit and just yeah. work through your workout you can still get a good good workout yeah. in right and even that same day like that morning that push jerk workout for instance like sydney was going through the workout <laughs> and she was complaining that Cause I was talking about, she was kind of leaving the barbell out in front of her body a little bit. And, you know, it's kind of talking about telling her to bring the barbell a little bit more overhead, have a little more stable position. And she was like, well, I feel like I'm starting to arch my back too much. I was kind of feel that pressure in my lower back. And so we were talking about this afterwards and Lee Granger was sitting right there and, and like he did a good job kind of like saying this to a degree is, you know, and, I, and something I've been doing for myself the past few months is like while you're working out, not being, just being, Con- the whole time consciously aware of how your body's moving mm-hmm. right so like for Sydney you know when you get in the barbell overhead she had a, a bad habit of overextending her spine right instead of pulling that rib cage down sometimes and that might mean lowering the load to do yeah. that right but you have to be physically aware of how your body's moving in space and knowing where those positions are and if you know for instance I'm doing push jerks and I can feel my lower back arching. I feel that pressure in my lower back. I need to pull down my rib cage in the process to do that. And if I can't accomplish that because I'm so fatigued, then I probably need to bring the load down to mm-hmm. accomplish that, right? Now, if it's maybe like the last like two reps of a workout, I've already done 95% of the workout. Yeah, I can maybe etch out just one of the last two reps. But if I'm like in the first, second round of a workout and I can already feel myself doing that, either A, I need to mentally correct it and move a little slower to do that. Because sometimes you can be moving too fast and you start overextending your spine to compensate to try to move for speed. Probably don't even realize you're doing it, right? Yeah, so slow down either one or B, lower down the, the load itself to accomplish better positions to do that, right? 
And if you can hammer out those fish like set over and over and over again, and create that motor control, it's automatic when every time you go to the barbell, that then from there you can move on to something else and you can increase the intensity with the load of that barbell for the shoulder overhead. Yeah, so well, I mean, eventually it becomes muscle memory where you don't even really have to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you could walk up to a bar and do a power clean and not have to think about keeping my back straight or looking forward or anything yeah. like that. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely like just drilling it in there. And then once you have it drilled and, and you have it and you've done it for a little while, it definitely gets easier. Um, but, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, you do have to kind of think about it and like, Hey, say, hey, okay, today I'm going to focus on that and really work on that, yeah. right? Um, it's not something that you can just come in and say, okay, I'm just going to slow it down a little bit. Like, you yeah. do have to think about it a little yeah. bit, I think. And I think I'm kind of you alluded to earlier is if you, maybe you're a little bit in that gray area of, okay, well, like, I'm kind of listening to this and, like, I kind of find myself on both sides of that fence where I like to be kind of competitive in a, in a way, you know, and, and my scores to a degree does kind of matter to me. But also, I do get what you're saying, like, okay, move a better quality, and like, I still want to be able to do this in the long run, right? I don't want to hurt myself or injure myself, and like, I, I want to move better, right? Because I, I, I take pride in my movement, and you know, I want to be that person that people see in the gym are like, damn, that girl or that guy moves, moves really well, well, right? well, right? So, you know, how do I mirror this, those two worlds together, so to speak? And I think kind of like what you alluded to earlier is, you know, maybe you take you know, two sessions out of your week, okay, like you're saying more of, I'm a little more in, in a competitive mindset today where I'm going to kind of attack the workout and I'm going to keep my positions as, as best I can, but the wheels start to fall off a little bit. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have another handful of the days of the week that you say, okay, I'm going to move as, as high as possible as I can within as much sensitivity as I can. But I'm not going to go to that point in time where the wheels start falling off. I know my form is going to get sloppy. Yeah. Right. Cause I need to reiterate on, you know, my movement quality more and more and more and handle decisions more where I'm more concerned, not necessarily about my time, but how each rep is looking, right? I'm going to get as much intensity as I can in that session, but I'm not going to let myself bleed over in my intensity to where I can definitely feel myself breaking down. Instead of pushing like that last little 10% of effort, I'm going to rein that back in just the last few reps and make sure I'm not doing that. Because like we talked talked about earlier is, let's say maybe I'm doing keeping pull-ups, and I know my keeping pull-ups need to get work. I, need, I know I need to get better positions with those. And say you're having a workout with sets of 10 in there, of uh, maybe I would maybe try to push those last two or three reps and, mm-hmm. and etch them out to get a better score. But I'm going to drop before that happens today and, and reiterate good positions and good hollow body positions, whatever it may be. That way down the road, I know I can improve upon those. Improve that. How much do you think body awareness is? Because like, I feel like... There's a lot of people that probably just like don't have good body well, awareness. Yeah, and that, and like that, that comes. That's like it's probably a big part of it. Part yeah, of it. and that comes with time, right? I think anybody who first initially starts, depending on what kind of background you have, most people it's not very much, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you have some type of gymnastics background or athletic background in general, where you have a little bit more body awareness. You know, your body's moving in space. Those people are a little bit easier to understand that. Yeah, a little, a little bit quicker, right? Those are people maybe like like you said, Valerie. Maybe has some athletic background mm-hmm. where. You know, she has more awareness of how her body moves. But for somebody who doesn't, right, that's, that's going to have to be a quite over a period of time, right? It doesn't happen overnight, right? Like nobody comes in who hasn't done anything ever in 20, 30 years comes in and just magically just is a great mover yeah. automatically, right? This, it's something that has to be learned over a period of time. Um, and, I, you know, if you're one of those people who are listening to this, that you're kind of still relatively early in the process, right? Like still focus on position forms has to be the number one for, forefront of what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? And as you get further down the line, you're, you know, you're more somebody who's listening to this who's been there for, you know, three, four, five, six years here, right? 
you probably have now established the body awareness to a degree. Maybe not completely 100%, right? There's always something to still work on, but you establish enough body awareness where you're exposed, you've been exposed to movements long enough to where you should probably know now. You have an idea if your back's rounding. Back's like rounding in, front, like in, a, right? in a deadlift or your elbows are falling in a front squat or you're overextended in an overhead position or you know, you're getting on the ball to your feet during a squat. You have enough body awareness to know, okay, things are probably not where they should be. Mm -hmm. Especially if you have somebody who, I think the biggest thing is like, let's say for instance, you have somebody like, okay, I need you to give me a set of five front squats. And they're like a relatively lightweight, easy, like not, not under fatigue. And they're five really good front squats. And then, like, okay, cool. Well, you look great. Let's, let's stay with that weight for the workout. And you look at them 10 minutes later in the workout and movement's gone to shit. Yeah. Right? So you've proven to me you can move quality. Compared to somebody who said that you didn't, didn't have the body awareness, right? You say, okay, give me five front squats. And they're completely fresh, the weight's left, and they don't move very well from there. They just don't have the body awareness. For somebody who's fresh and on a light load, they have the body awareness to move well. And they're now choosing – they're, they're, right? they're choosing – my score is now important than my movement quality, mm -hmm. right? You've proven to me you can move well. Yeah. Now you're prioritizing the time and you have made that decision on your own. Yeah, right? you've made that decision on my own that I'm going to grind through the reps and I'm going to get a better score and I'm going to sacrifice the movement quality to do mm -hmm. that now. And that's – and that's probably more where we're alluding in the podcast as a coaching staff yeah. is talking more around those lines, right? Is if you've proven to us and we've seen you plenty of times move well, and then half of the workout, you've now let that go to the wayside to get a better score. That's an issue. Yeah. Right. Like, you're, you're that not, has to be kind of like. That needs to be cleaned up. <laughs> you, need, you need to prioritize movement quality more than just trying to grind through the reps and try to get a certain score, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's happened with so many people. And, you know, once again, reiterate is like, what does it matter at the end of the day? Because all you're ultimately doing is hurt yourself in the long mm -hmm. run. Ultimately, really. You just, all you're, you're just wanting yourself down. You're, right? you're wanting to stroke your ego, hype yourself up by, because you got 30 seconds faster, or, you know, this particular workout, or you beat this one particular person, but you look like shit doing it, mm -hmm. right? What's the point of that? Because ultimately... You know, then tomorrow you're going to wake up like, oh my God, my back's killing me or my knees are hurting. Something's aching, right? Something's aching, right? And then what, that's ultimately, that's the price that you pay for doing that. Yeah. Right? And like, I guess to agree, if that's what's, if that's worth if it that's for your you, why, like, then I guess to each their own, but I don't think most people fall on that boat. Yeah. I think most people fall into like, dude, I, like I try hard and I'm going to get as much sense as I can, but like I also want to not fucking hurt all the time, mm -hmm. you know? And so... That's, I think that's more the main principle that we're kind of getting at here is, is, is those kind of people where there's, they're letting their ego get in the way of the movement quality, for sure. Well, I mean, also, like, y'all are coming in for a, a daily workout to, to be yeah. healthy, right? Nobody like, we're not, listen, at, we're not the racing games, games yeah. okay? Like, competing and throwing it down, right? Like, you are here to just better yourself and not try to, like, kill yourself, right? You, yeah. You're here to better yourself. You're here to get better. You're here to get yeah. fitter. Um, and so that's kind of the purpose, and I think that kind of needs to be like reined in just a little bit. Yeah. I think you have, like, so you just have to move more like, you have to prioritize like what's the most important thing to you. And when you're in the workout, you have to go back to that checklist of mm -hmm. like what, what, what's more important to me here. Is it, is it more like how I'm moving in the intensity I'm putting into my movements or is my score the more important aspect to it? Yeah. And for some people, sometimes it is a score, but I would have to argue on that is 
you know, ultimately at the end of the day, what's the more important thing for you to keep doing this, you know, for years and years and years, or is it just the fact that you just want to get a better score for, you know, for the next month or so to have to be top of the leaderboard, be broken, a broken down body, you know, months on the road because you're, yeah. you're cutting corners and you're trying to do things not right to get the better score to do it. And so, uh, so hopefully that maybe, maybe rang some bells with you a little bit, um, got you more aware of what we're kind of meaning by that. And like I said, and us as a co- coaching staff, we are kind of the bumpers, you know, to, to keep you guys inside that lane. Uh, and if your objective is to be a competitive athlete inside the sport of CrossFit, then, you know, that's a conversation that we'd have to have, you know, and, and where is that fine line at? But yeah. for most people, that's not the case. They could care less about competing ever in their whole entire life. They just want to come in and get a good workout. And your movement quality has to be at the forefront of that, regardless of what your score is. For sure. You know, and so, uh, so hopefully that, like I said, that resonated with some of you guys, and uh, you know, maybe you put a little more emphasis on moving really well, because I think sometimes we kind of, as people, even in general, get so concerned about just sweating and uh, getting you to work out that we don't really focus on how we move sometimes. Uh, and if you can pair those two roles together. You, it's a recipe for success down the road. Yeah, and I think some people kind of think that they have to go to that dark place and that red line situation to get a good workout, and I don't. And I think if they were to take that step back and realize that they don't have to do that every day, mm-hmm. like like they would feel so much better. Like yeah. it would make a traumatic difference to me. Yeah, for sure. So, anything else you want to add to that? I don't think so. <laughs> so, all right, guys, we'll talk to you guys next time. All right, peace, love, pasta. Awesome.